0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: Wondering if we'll meet out in the street to take the sky away. It don't move at all like a subway got bombs when it's cold like any other place Swarm up inside sitting down and waiting for ride
0: beneath the skyway hey
2: everybody welcome to reporting is eligible i am game show host paul noonan of Acme packing company in the shepherd express i uh, hope everybody enjoyed that um we just finished losing to honestly one of the worst teams in the NFL and certainly with the worst defense in the NFL uh, and uh, everything went wrong. So to help me go over everything that did go wrong, which is kind of the whole game uh, are two people who uh, didn't pay that close attention to the game,
1: which is the attention it deserved. First in, <laughs> in urban Wauwatosa, we have. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee journal Sentinel and umpactually I'm watching baseball as it is game seven of the NLCS. <laughs> good vibes from 2018, five years ago when the Brewers were in this uh, in this very same spot. Diamondbacks, Phillies. This game's going to end while we're talking. In fact, Corbin Carroll just I think drove in a run on a sacrifice fly that will make it four two Di- Diamondbacks. He is awesome, and we can keep the He's streak good. alive. He's... Of uh... yes, every team that has played the Milwaukee Brewers in the postseason has made the World Series. The Diamondbacks. As as I speak right right now, are a mere nine outs away from doing the same. <laughs> Amazing! What a world! What, what a world indeed. We have we do have
2: just bad luck on that front, just running into the hot team, or maybe making them the hot team. One of the two, I guess we could take credit maybe.
0: for it. Yeah, I don't know. At least yeah, this you, one. in you guys Washington ever seen? seen would be. Have you guys ever seen Good Luck Chuck? Also, I'm happy you can call me a tub. African American, <laughs> weaver, general, Twitter rabble rouser. Uh, Good luck, Chuck. Dane Cook vehicle where. Uh, every time he sleeps with a girl, she marries the next guy she dates. I have not seen it, and I never will. But I do remember
2: the commercials for it, and that being the premise of it. How how is it? Just out of curiosity, it's awful. That's it's okay. terrible.
0: It's, <laughs> it's so bad. It's it's There's a, the reason it's why a... there
1: aren't additional Dane Cook vehicles floating yeah. around. I mean,
0: what? I mean, uh, what was the one where he was a checkout guy at a Costco? That I, one was okay. I think he is a. I think that's real life, Matub.
1: I think <laughs> that's real life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he's
2: a secondary character in a movie with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds where it's in Alaska where where he's actually okay. And I think that's where Dan Cook needs to live. As, oh, I was like he's a, a secondary
0: a, character in Waiting, which is a Ryan Reynolds movie.
1: Yeah.
2: Where again, not not offensive and just fine to having him there.
1: Yeah, isn't that is that the one where Ryan Reynolds has to marry Sandra Bullock because she needs she's Canadian? I think it, it is. Bar. I you know, it's I saw hilarious. that movie in
2: a theater and I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Dane Cook is
0: in Dane Cook is in the proposal?
1: Is that it? I don't, I don't if know if that's, that's the name of the movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is how interesting the
0: Packer game was.
1: The game was okay. <laughs> the movie you, you kind of vaguely remember but kind of also forgot all about. That was this Packers game. That's so perfect. I
0: just I I literally full confession, just watched the condensed game uh, an hour ago. And like, I want my 34 minutes back. <laughs> <laughs> well, be glad you
2: missed it in real time. And aside from it being bad, it was boring. It was it was an extremely boring game, especially the first half where it was just the standard uh, run, run, pass, punts, like just over and over and over. Um, non creative. Everything went wrong. Bleh. I mean, it's hard to actually even analyze it. Oh, Dan, Dan Cook maybe isn't in that movie. Um, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> I'm not seeing him in the immediate credits on the top cast. Maybe he's not in the top cast, though. Um, I don't know. I think there
1: would be a better chance of me watching a Dane Cook movie if there was a 34-minute game cast version of his, his movies that Amen we could kind of
2: get in and get out very quickly. Yep. Um, so I'm wrong. He's totally not know- in this movie. Sorry about that. If you don't like okay. Dane Cook, see the proposal. He's not in it.
1: <laughs> did, not, did not come on here expecting to... Uh, to disparage a random comic from the '90s, <laughs> not '90s, early 2000s, the early aughts, uh, yeah. the early aughts. Hey, uh, I know there's a lot on the rundown, but like I kind of, I've done this before. I kind of want to talk about the biggest elephant in the room, which Let's is Jordan that. Love, still, yeah. and Jordan Love. Like early on in the season, I was feeling the vibes. I thought we were headed in the right direction. I I, I know that y- that you need people in evaluating need to give a guy time. You know, obviously he's got all young weapons. He's only been doing this as a starter for six games, etc., etc. But between the urgency that comes with NFL contracts and the need to know exactly what's going to happen sooner rather than later, especially at the quarterback position, I, I feel like I, I feel like he can't really wait. And his two touchdown passes in this game were both extremely lucky, in my opinion. Yep. It's a tip drill, and it is a ball that was a 50-50 possession that, yes, the, the Packer came down with it, but like, that could have easily been bad. Everything is underthrown. Yeah. If Lance Easley or Gene Saratora would
2: have been calling it, it would have been an interception. That's right. Apologies That's right. to Gene Gene, Sarator- who, Gene Gene was apologized. A, Gene was a mensch today and apologized for it.
1: So sorry, sorry for the light rip, but in the moment, <laughs> it would have been. I just I, I realize he, he's going to get better, he, but but I don't think he's going to get better fast enough. Or if I he, mean, if, is he, the, if he doesn't, I, I don't know.
0: Is is the tip touchdown really his fault?
2: I don't. Th- so um, I think. We had a big argument with this one in, in the back end with Archon leading the it was a bad throw. Um I went and watched the L twenty two on it and froze it at the exact moment it hit him in the hands. That is Romeo Dobbs' fault. It, it it was right between his hands, right in his face mask. It was not behind him. He should have caught it. That is a fine throw from Love. Maybe a
0: little hard. Okay. But uh Yeah, so th- the only argument I've seen that actually makes any sense is like Hey, put some touch on it, there, Jeff George. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> fine,
2: but I thought like you got to catch that. Which is like we can get into all the other people who aren't the elephant in the room, like Romeo Dobbs, who also sucks. Um, but yeah, uh, Jar, you are fundamentally correct. Um, the The bottom line is whether they like it or not, they don't have that much time with Jordan Love. <laughs> they have at most through next year without giving him more money and time. And part of the sitting and developing thing is that you should be able to tell pretty quickly. And I know like. Um, I, I don't like bringing up the Aaron Rodgers comp because I did it today on Twitter and got yelled at for four hours because that was stupid. My bad on that. But, like, um,. He hasn't really flashed too much that's impressive so far, and I think that's the big thing. You could overlook a lot if he was like hitting cool deep balls every once in a while, or if he was like scrambling and creating big plays, or if he was running the offense really efficiently. Like if he was like Brock Purdy and hitting seventy percent of his lame ass short passes, all that would be fine. But he's not doing any of that, and I think the NFL's kind of solved him at this point. Which is he's he the one thing he's good at is throwing directly in front of his face, like twenty yards downfield. And if you cover that specific area of the field and and make him. Go outside or short or deep, he just can't do it. Like just those throws are bad. And um, over four years of or three or whatever it's been, you should be good at one of them. Like you you should have been working on mechanics on short stuff or you know developing something other than the game he brought with him from college. And that's not what we. This is what this is what he was in college. It's what he is now. I see no evidence that he's developed over these first six games. It's bad. It's bad news.
1: And, and I recognize the receivers have done him no favors. Yep. You mentioned Dobbs, also terrible. He, he's he's not the only guy. I mean, Luke Musgrave is now injured. I, there's there's he is a very incomplete product. I know there's going to be a lot of improvement. Like Luke Musgrave is so limited right now, and he goes down the second somebody you know touches him. Obviously, he's hurt now, so that's a, that's a problem. There's less development for him. Um, I think I, I think I might trust Ontavian Wicks as much as any receivers he's, to, to pass the ball. He's the no, best but also receiver on the team the and the best
2: quarterback on the team. That is correct. <laughs>
1: yes, that's not good. That's not good. Oh, God, it's so bad. So, like, I realize you can't do the full evaluation, but they also, like you said, they're going to have to. They have to come up with... An, with they have to know what comes next at the at the quarterback position because it's going to inform what they do in the draft. It's going to inform what they do with contracts. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of season left, and uh, it's just right now with him at quarterback. I think there's an argument that the Packers are the worst team in the NFL. I don't think they are, but they are way down there. They're way, way down, down there. Carolina yeah. and Arizona, and you, you see Minnesota beat San Francisco on Monday Night Football. and It's like I don't. We're running out of teams that the Packers are actually better than. Yeah,
2: Minnesota's frisky. Um, and <laughs> it, it's it's Arizona, Carolina, the Giants are awful. Um, there's not a lot more than that. I'm missing somebody I know, but um, uh, we should also. Like del- to delve into the receivers really quickly, um, this is a rich tapestry of badness. I used cornucopia failure as the rundown lead in, whatever mix of bad you want. Um, the way they used Musgrave up until he got hurt, also not how you should use Luke Musgrave. And if you're not going to run him up the seam, like the guy's comps Travis Kelsey, like get him down the field. If you're going to do these little outs to him where he's got to maintain his balance and turn up field and take a hit, it's not his game. Wasn't his game in college. Um, it's a good way to get him hurt. He runs like a baby giraffe. And, uh, I saw it like last week when people were ripping on his blocking dusty tweeted like, okay, fine. But your tight ends do have to be able to execute tight end duties at some point. And, uh, not to disagreeing with dusty is usually a bad idea, but like, I don't know about that. That's not really his job. Like he's just a big receiver. Uh, if you wanted that guy, draft Sam Laporta. I don't remember if he went first or he might have gone before. But like, use Tucker Kraft there. Like, you have guys who can do that thing halfway decently. Like, the way they use Musgrave is dumb, and that's a flur problem. That's not a uh, a love problem, or it's kind of a front office problem. Agree on that kind of thing. Um, I just, I love throwing
0: to your big old tight end, short of the sticks and asking him to turn up field and get a first he down. He never
2: gets yak. It's such a dumb play. Oh, they, he they did, did
0: He did in this game. He he managed to to actually do that for the first time this season. Yeah, because so. he was uncovered
2: against the worst defense in football. And, and well he still had to dive. Yeah, <laughs> while we're on the subject, I've got Christian Watson diagnosed as well. So, um, a lot of tape floating around of um, multiple Packer receivers being in the same area, basically running out routes together in tandem like they're holding hands. Um, it, Watson's, I think, involved in all of those. And I think last year, uh, just when he was coming up as a weapon from the second division, they just gave him the two easiest routes that you can do. They, they gave him bombs, and they gave him jet sweeps and little tiny things. And this year they're trying to turn him into an actual receiver with a route tree, uh, partially because Jordan Love can't throw bombs, one of the two routes that he can run competently, and he's not doing it right. I don't think he knows what he's doing, and I think he's the cause of a lot of these issues on the outside, which is not good, because you need him to be good to be good, um, and uh, that that development is also not there. So all kinds of problems all over this offense. Just a mess. I
0: mean, and also he's not a good – he doesn't run a good nine. He doesn't hold his line. He gets pushed around by the it's DB. Downfield. Also true. He's just like, fast and big. and he's just, he's just fast and big. That's yeah. all he's got. He's he's second-round Jeff Janice.
1: <laughs> One of the charts that was going around showed the difference between teams that run on first down versus teams that pass on first down. The successful teams pass on first down, and and the mediocre ones run on first down. I know we're just talking about how the receivers are unreliable, and that that that's true. They also are predictable on top of it. On top of that, because they run on first down almost every opportunity they get, and uh, that's putting them. You know, their running game is. You know, especially with Dylan, it's inefficient. It puts them at second and seven, and like then then you know, an incomplete pass later, they're they're in a hole because Jordan Love ain't going to complete that third. To, you know, he's not going to find that guy. He he did. He did on occasion. But yeah. it's just it's it's just a maddening trend with them. And I, I think I think it's it seems like it's a combination of they just they just have to keep it simple because they don't have the guys who can do advanced stuff right now. They're they're too young. I don't know if it's a talent thing, but it's, it's a youth thing or an experience thing. And, you know, maybe there just needs to be more creative ways to get get football in the right guy's hands. But I think I think it's more the former than the latter at this point. Yeah.
2: I would agree with that. It's very predictable. They run the offense like they're afraid of their quarterback and their talent, a- and that's no good. And it, I'm not surprised that they're a run-heavy team. They are. They have been traditionally like the 49ers, even with uh, Aaron on the team under Lafleur. The problem there is they don't have the chops, especially this year, to run that offense. Like not even a little bit. Uh, the 49ers spend most of the time in 12 personnel. Uh, the Packers have. This is a front office thing that I'll bring up, and not to rip on Jaden Reed for the eight millionth time, and it's not even his fault. But if you're going to have a slot receiver on the field, you're going to be an eleven a lot. And if you're going to be an eleven a lot, your the like how your running works is very different than if you are running the Shanahan San Francisco stuff with heavy personnel on the field. And it takes I think I think it legitimately closes a lot of the Lafleur playbook. Um, sort of having to keep Reed on the field slash having no offensive lineman who can block for the run anyway. And maybe the most infuriating thing, as bad as the receivers are, as bad as Love is, without Bakhtiari. And with the way they've chosen to have Rasheed Walker in, they can't block for the run either. They're actually they're much better pass blocking than they are run blocking, and so that part of the offense is also a disaster.
0: And every single one of the successful runs was because of a good wide receiver block. Yep. That should not be the linchpin of your <laughs> rush offense. Off and Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, Wicks was so good. He's Dobbs good. had a good Dobbs had a good block, but yeah, Wicks is Wicks is all around just. Uh, um, I wrote an article about Wicks this week. You actually. did. <laughs> his his over under on catches was 0. .5 Yeah, like I was like, yeah, hammer the over. He gets one a game. <laughs> well, he averages uh two point eight targets a game, and he has a fifty percent catch percentage. Yeah. So, in the numbers, you're expecting over one. But he he had a good game. He did. So yay! Through a pass, caught a pass. The only guy who looks like an
2: NFL receiver on the whole team is Dontavian Wicks. They need to get him the ball more. Play him more. Get him more time.
1: So bad. Were we wrong about Watson and Dobbs last year? Was it just a total misfire on the evaluation there? Or are they just slumping? What would you credit that to? Um,
2: Dobbs, I actually have never really liked that much. Um, he he had some promise, but he was an air raid guy. They sometimes have trouble transitioning to the NFL because they, have, they, don't, they never face press man in college. And as soon as you punch him in the mouth, they... They don't work anymore. That's kind of what's happened to him. Other, also, we can't really separate. Like Dobbs is, you know, he's a fourth rounder. I think he's actually overcast a little bit as their number one receiver. He'd probably be fine as like a three, <laughs> uh, which is what he is. But Watson, I mean, he was so exciting just on the big plays and on the simple stuff he did. That if you can't like if they I A either can't go back to that or B turn him into a full route tree guy or at least like a better Marquez Valdez gantling <laughs> in terms of route running, then yeah he's kind of a bust and um yeah that the upside is there with him I feel like you can still train him to be good but I think we're gonna end up longing looking looking at George Pickens uh, for a while too who was if there. Were, bad receivers between the two of them too. Like there are a bunch of guys who are garbage taken between Watson and Pickens, but Pickens was next up on our draft boards. So I'll just leave that. Yeah. There. Well, they traded up for Watson too. They so like... did trade up for Watson. Didn't they? Uh,
1: hmm. Yeah. Hmm. He's not a bust.
2: <laughs> you could do stuff with him, but man, he looks, he looks more raw than he did last year.
1: How uh, I'm going to ask a question that I asked last week. And see if your answer is the same. Your confidence level that Matt LaFleur will be head coach in twenty twenty four. I think it's the same. I think it's the same.
2: Uh so it, it's not. It's not based on this game. But I actually am knocking that down a little bit because uh, uh, we 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 hear rumors on things, and uh, we I I've heard some whisperings. He's less safe than I thought he was. That's all. So I, I still think he's like. He's, you should give a guy a mulligan. On his first year with a new starting quarterback and seventy million dollars in the cap hole and all that, so all that still controls. Uh, so I, st- I think it's like ninety percent he's back, but I also think there's like a small chance if they're awful that they do just clean house completely, like start over scratch from scratch in twenty twenty five with fresh cap and fresh people. I think that's on the table at least. I know How next year is twenty twenty four, but they're still in cap hole in twenty twenty four. You can't do it for twenty twenty four. Matt was like, right, it's okay. not. Yeah, I I, I was. That is cutting movies. out a lot, but yeah, that's what he, that's what his uh, facial expression. I apologize. Complaining okay,
0: about. my my roommate won't stop playing Xbox. It's <laughs> so loud, and he's using all the bandwidth.
1: <sighs> you got to get him into. Some he's like kind my of... child. You cannot get him away from screens.
0: Yeah,
2: you, you got to get that guy hide the remote in... controls. Yeah, you got to get that guy into like some offline type game. Like get him into like an old JRPG or something.
0: Hey, but you know what? Like he lives in Kansas full time. I'm not going to take the only socializing that he gets away from him. All right, fair enough.
1: Uh, that's Good tough. point. So, how much do you lay at the feet of the scheming here? I know, I know. There's been a lot of, lot written about Matt Liffler's script to start games yeah. that that has not led to points hardly at all. <laughs> but it, it, like I said, it does seem like they just they can't be be complicated because their their youth is 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 constantly on display. I'd cut kind him of, I think, a little more slack
2: if. Um, if they were more uniformly bad I think the the lack of success on the opening like two drives on the scripted plays, especially the last two games isn't great like that's when you should have your best stuff like you had all this time to think about it and go off tendencies. It's nice he's made in-game adjustments that's good but the script being bad is is pretty rough and it makes me wonder um, if their brain trust on the offensive side has suffered a little more than we kind of think so. Um, he is making in-game adjustments. You know, he's there doing that planning and calling and whatnot. But I wonder if this is like—is this uh, Adam Sedovich like not offensive coordinating properly? Because that's prepping is, you know, head coach and coordinators. It's doing film study and feeding it back through. And I do wonder if just losing a bunch of guys to various other teams actually has had an impact on how the game opens up. Um, it, it no, that's just all bad thing. Like.
0: Th- Sorry. Any anytime someone mentions the script, the song "Break Even" plays in my head, and then like I lose all concentration.
1: <laughs> I don't even know. Did they sing that song about the Hall of Fame. The script. Put am in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, is that the script, yeah. or is that I believe something so. else? But no, yeah. is it like
0: when a heart breaks, no, it don't break even. That's, yeah, yeah. That's I, the know, I know, I don't Break the even.
1: All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ain't no one on this team gonna be in the Hall of Fame. um <laughs> The. Uh, I guess you could technically chalk this loss up to Anders Carlson if you really wanted to be mean about it. We, we said, "Well, it's going to cost him one game." He did finally miss a field goal, and they lost by. It, it was lost it by was that margin.
0: Forty-seven yards was the. Most. It was forty-seven, yeah. So it yeah. wasn't easy. A little easier in Denver, but. Yeah, but then Denver drove down the field from where he missed. Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, that's that, a good that point. Was, that was brutal. Yeah, that's a big swing. You're right. That is rough. So yeah, at least a little bit. Yeah. So apparently, I have the freshest knowledge of the game because I've got about
2: it. Yeah, I forgot about the repercussions of missed field goals.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I would take what Anders Carlson has done this season thus far. Yeah, he's been fine relative to my expectations. <laughs> um, you shouldn't need oh, a well,
0: relative. The- no, but relative to our expectations, he's infinitely better. You should. Well, like, yes, you fair. shouldn't need a field goal to to
2: eke
1: out a win over Denver, scoring seventeen points or whatever, twenty points. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Ten days to face the Las Vegas Raiders. Thirteen days to face the Denver Broncos, and you not only didn't win either game, but you really like played poorly. Like it, it was really ugly. Right. Like that's it, that's pretty damn. It's not like they got lucked
2: out of this game. Like they probably shouldn't have scored at least one of the two touchdowns they scored.
1: <laughs> the oh yeah. No. They it would have been absolutely lucky if they won this game.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it's it, and I think that's like my big pessimistic thing is like if they would have lost this game, like. 38 to 40. All right. That's good. We scored 38 points. I can live with that. They did something with what they were supposed to. But, like, what is there to make you think that, like, Love can even be a top 10 quarterback at this point? Or that this team has anything to work with at this point? There's just nothing there. Like, uh, we didn't – I'm sure we'll get to briefly to defense too, but, like, uh, the coaching was bad uh everybody's execution was bad like there's not even like any yo- there's no young guys out there like oh he's impressive for a rookie there are rookies playing well in the NFL right now like that's a thing that happens sometimes <laughs> we don't seem to have any of them but uh, we cut too much slack for that inexperience like yeah we're the youngest team when you have the youngest team you have a lot of rookies and a handful of them should be impressing uh, it I, I I hate this team. This team sucks. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, well, the defense was sneaky bad. You could at least say that about them because the uh, the overall point total and the overall point total wasn't terrible. But no, they, no. They got they got gashed pretty good, though.
2: They did. They they didn't lose because of the defense, but they they had a very Joe Barry game and that they got absolutely gashed on the ground. And sometimes that, you know, when you your offense can't score, that's usually enough to drive it home. And that is what happened. Um and uh, uh, Javante Williams and that McLaughlin guy had 20 carries for 127 yards and yeah that'll do it and, and honestly there were a few drives where if not for holding penalties and sort of unusual penalties, Denver would have just run 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 touchdown. Uh they they were forced to pass because they lost 10 yards randomly on third down a couple times and that helps the Packers a lot. They've gotten
0: lucky that way too.
1: It's in bad. the Hall of Fame. I just... <laughs> um, right.
0: So, because I have the freshest watch, the Sutton touchdown. Yeah. Um, It was a combo route pick play, yep. whatever you want to call yep. it. Um, wow. And Razul did not play it correctly. He was he, very mad. And he was very mad at everyone else. Like, like the other team is, is paid too, Razul. Like... Like you aren't supposed to run headlong into a group of four guys. I don't know, anytime Razul gives up a touchdown, he just immediately turns around and looks for someone to blame. It's like big Demarius Randall energy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, he won't be on the team in a couple of weeks anyway. So, um. <laughs> a couple of weeks. Yeah, the uh, well, no, oh, in a couple okay, of days. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're, Halloween draws near. Um, so next week. Yeah,
1: he... <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna trade with Sean That's Gary, so and full full everyone boating. is getting blown <laughs> backward. <laughs> They're going to We're our, gonna trade Rashawn Gary. Everyone's going to freak out, and we'll be like, "Y'all need to listen to reporting as LJ. That I'll is be correct." Telling you this is coming,
2: or they won't, and we'll just be like, "What do you got? What are you guys doing there? you Going to sign him? Just going to let him go?
0: <laughs> going to rely on compensation picks? Oh boy, good times." <laughs> well, okay, like the Patriots got what, like a fifth for Tom Brady, something like that. So, we, we oh, could do better than that. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe we can. I don't
2: know. Uh So, yeah, just bad all around. Russell was fine, not great, but the running game was so awesome it didn't matter. And uh, their top two receivers caught all 11 of their target. That's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were 11 for 11 for 140 yards and a touchdown. That's uh, that's not good either. It's very bad.
1: (laughs) Jerry Judy, who everyone is trying to get off this team. Yep. This worst team in the NFL candidate. Got all his uh, targets,
0: converted a bunch of first downs. So the the only saving grace of this is uh, the sane Broncos fans that I know are really mad. Why is because that? Because
1: this won? is going to prevent them from getting one of the top two quarterbacks. Uh, not only is the, it going to prevent the them
0: from getting one of the top two quarterbacks, it is also giving them this bolstered confidence that they're not going to sell at the deadline. Oh, yeah, and yeah. they're going to be stuck with a bunch of bad contracts and old players. Good times. <laughs> So yeah, they um, the, that that lone win probably sets the Broncos back two or three years.
2: This is a preview for me, like three weeks from now, like when they <laughs> randomly un- upset somebody that they shouldn't
0: and we're out of the Drake May running. It's gonna happen. Yeah, so so uh, the Broncos are definitely facing a multi-year setback now. Yes, so at, le- at least we got that going for us. So Moral victory.
2: I, I do have to mention you all know who our leading receiver in this game was, right?
0: Uh, DPI, right? It, it was definitely
2: DPI. Actually, did we get any?
0: I don't think we got any. Yes, do we get one? There was at least one.
2: I know they got one. So who was, was the actual A- leading receiver? It was AJ Dillon. He had 34 thirty-four, oh. thirty-four yards gross. receiving okay. led the team. Yes, gross. that it is absolutely gross. Oh, that's so
1: bad. So Keyshawn got um, called for
2: pass interference, but that is the only one that shows up on the uh, the game day thing. So, yeah. you know,
1: one of the one of the big winners of this game. Is Caleb Williams, uh, because he is somebody who said he wants to have equity in the next team that you, you know when he goes <laughs> to the NFL, and there's no easier team to get equity in than the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely, they true. Ju- will just hold another stock sale, and Caleb Williams can immediately become a part owner. Yeah, so um, I see that working out for him. He can get access this to all the cool be nice. merchandise that they have. Shareholder have the Packers going to be the Packers are not going to be favored in any of their other games, right? They, they will they not will. even the Bears, not even the Bears. They'll be favored. You think uh, so?
2: I, I think they'll be favored against Carolina and uh, they play one another stupid bad team, too. I mean,
1: I forgot Carolina was on the docket. That's true. Of course, uh, so we'll yeah, be. we got um,
2: they're and gonna and lose, the Bears. They're,
0: they're going to no lose to problem. Carolina. We, let's just admit they're going to lose. Everett's going to
2: shut them out. That is correct. That no, is but
0: correct. And, and then they're going to have some kind of like crazy showing against Casey. Like they're probably still going to lose, but like they're going to like look competent against KC, and everyone's going to go, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift is going to be there to see it. Yeah, I think the only other one is the Giants, maybe, but that is in New York, so probably not.
1: God. Yeah, they have the easiest schedule (laughs) on the face of planet Earth. This is a soft. This is softer than Charmin. This schedule, and they're still going to find a way to lose the vast majority of their games.
2: They are. They're going to lose to Minnesota without Justin Jefferson. They're going to lose to the Steelers with you know uh, one of the worst offenses in football because they're going to get absolutely shut out by that team. The Rams are all of a sudden surprisingly good. Um it's just not the Buccaneers. Like the Buccaneers I think everybody thought would be horrible. They're they're okay. They're not they're going to beat the crap out of the Packers. It's bad, but uh, we shouldn't discount um our possibility of being in the running for the top two quarterbacks. Like I think we can pull this off. We can Greg Gabriel this crap yeah, very pretty real. easily. Yeah, we're in this. So it's that's, very real. That's where I am now and I'm starting to focus on those matchups. Like that Carolina matchup's huge, you know? And the Chicago Arizona matchup later on the season is huge too. So there's lots of uh, lots of fun tiebreaker implications still to be
0: um, you know, sorted but, here. Hey, don't worry guys. Banker was on the internet uh defending Jordan Love this week. So yeah, that's obviously. his cottage industry now. That is how how Kurt rolls. Actually, uh, but like shout outs to uh hit the podcast that he did with with Ninja because I talked a lot of crap about it and Ninja's brother who runs that podcast followed me on Twitter and we had some good banter back and forth so like <laughs> all right Ninja by the way is a Fortnite player
2: is that correct? He's a Twitch he's the Twitch streamer. He's yeah. the largest Twitch streamer but right. Yeah. But that, that's mostly, what he's like famous Twitch. for, right? Mostly yeah, mostly Fortnite. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In case you don't know who that is if you're old
0: my age, that is who Ninja is. Yeah. Uh Ninja regularly has weird colored hair that's
1: spiky. He loves the Lions and plays video games for a living. Living the dream. I didn't know who it was either. Yeah, but I just go with it. Matub's friends are fine with me. They're cool. <laughs> mono. Right. What's the word? Mononymic. What's the word when you go by one name and one name only? Like Madonna. Is it mono? Mononymic? Seal. Mono- be- I don't know actually. Yes. That's. Right now, shall we get to questions? Let's do it. Hey, all right, Patreon questions go first, as is always the case on Reporting as Eligible. Patrons get question priority, and Danny Noonan, who is related to the podcast host, Paul <laughs> Noonan, uh gets the most question priority. How did the CrossFit guy that the Bears put in at quarterback do?
2: <laughs> he was okay. That that would be Tyson Bajant, who uh is huge into CrossFit, which of course you know immediately upon talking to him, like all people who are into CrossFit. Um and he it's was first thing they mentioned. It is. And he he was perfectly fine, but not great. Like they protected him pretty well, and they the Bears ran for like a gazillion yards in this game, um, and they did not need to have. It was against the Raiders, who you should be able to run on at will and score on at will unlike some team. Um, and, and so the Bears put up 30 without much effort and a journeyman quarterback uh, and almost no NFL talent on their team, unlike some team, uh, and won that game handily, so Tyson Bajan didn't have to do very much. But he did have a touchdown. He completed a good percentage of his passes. He was 29, 21 for 29, only a buck sixty two. Um, But, like, it wasn't that kind of game. You could be a caretaker quarterback in this game, and and it worked fine for them. So, yeah, Uh, the Bear fans are all very excited to have a not-Justin-Fields guy win a game for them. Uh, He's apparently going to start one more game at least while Fields is still healing. And uh, so this could be fun. And, yeah, I hope he does well enough that they screw things up. That would be great. Oh, man, what if they, like, Case Keenum him? I mean, it's it's possible, you know. It, It could happen. It's not that hard to just check down to DJ Moore 8 million times, which is what he did, by the way.
1: (laughs) Smart plan. Do that. It's going to be Tyson Bajan against Sean Clifford in the season finale. I can feel it as the the, the Packers look for it. Did you
0: guys see the the Sean Clifford uh, interaction after the Musgrave hit? No, 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 it did not. Okay. Has anyone broke the swear word? Please don't. Yet? Just, I don't want to. Just do it. Oh, oh, said, oh okay. He, okay. That's fine. He don't said, do it. Don't he, okay. he said the B word.
1: If it's a he, quote. Okay. Um, is the B word bajant?
0: <laughs> so who? whoever, who hit Musgrave? I forgot the, <laughs> the, the guy who got suspended. Kareem for Jackson. Kareem Jackson. Kareem, Kareem Jackson. Jackson. Uh, yeah. So Sean Clifford ran up to him and
1: goes, you a B word. <laughs> 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 I do like that visual. That, that visual is very fun. Good. Does anyone think, okay, this is probably stupid, but like when John Runyon Sr. comes out with this hammer on Kareem Jackson, giving him a four-game suspension, obviously it wasn't just the Packers. It's a history of hits, and it might I think it's going to get reduced down to two games anyway, but does it strike you as a little bit of a conflict of interest? You wrecked a guy who's on my son's football team. I will now hand out a four-game suspension. How does that not strike people as odd? It's pretty odd.
2: Now, it's weird that it's allowed to happen. It's not like there's not other people in the office that you could just be like, "All right, I'm taking myself out of this one. This is on you, assistant right. guy, to do it.
0: Like, just do that. Like, there's no reason not to do that." I, I'm just imagining J.R.J. sitting in his locker and texting his dad, like, "Yo, get him." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if John Runyon Jr. even wants this. It's it's not it's not great when your dad is the one in charge of discipline. She's like that's, dad. That's tough, that's You're making
2: tough. me look weak in front of
1: everybody. Drop it, dad. Don't <laughs> call his so parents, weird. guy. Uh, speaking of which, everyone on this team is injured. Everyone on this pack also is true. Also oh my true. god,
0: why is everybody so hurt? Like how do you, how do you lose your best corner during the bye week? <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> General I Alexander mean, Apparently, turned thirty-eight years
2: old during the bye week. Just yeah.
0: Well, you know what this they is, say about a bad back,
2: tough. right? Yeah, we all
1: we've said it a million times on this podcast. No one's ever had a bad back. Drink. Yep. All right, Mark putscarby have you looked into Stephen Patton's play calling rankings at all? Entering this week, he had both Matt LaFleur and Barry in the top 10. So I'm curious on your thoughts and if his methodology was worth listening to or if there was a fatal flaw in there. I know it's easy to equate poor production with poor play calling, but I also know it's not always the case. So curious what your thoughts are.
2: So I read up before the podcast. I'm not that familiar with it, but I read up on the methodology. And I will say, like, it's a nice try. It seems to, like, pass at least the smell test on people outside of MLF and Barry so far. And I do think if you kind of dig into the underlying numbers of both the Packer defense and what's kind of gone on on uh, Lafleur's offense, that the way his rankings work makes sense because they're all about exceeding expected metrics of some kind. And Jordan Love, uh, who is kind of the offense to a large extent, um, he is like, exceeding PFF grades and CPOE and stuff like that so he he like his EPA production is better than his underlying metrics a lot of that is like getting DPIs and having Jaden Reed catch the tip pass and stuff like that. There's a lot of EPA boosters in that, and, you know, the Bears game is weighing heavily there, too. So that's, I think, one of the main reasons he's high there. And then Joe Barry, like, the Packer defense hadn't been that bad, honestly. And the expectations for them are, I think, to be quite horrible. (laughs) Um, So I kind of get why they're ranked that high. I just think there's a lot of small sample size baked in there. There are a lot of metrics baked into that formula that. Um, are prone to get a little out of whack, especially this early in the season. I suspect by the end of the season, those two will not be in the top 10, <laughs> and things will kind of work their way out. Um, it's an interesting attempt. I think there's too much going on there. Um, you're going to end up with a lot of noise in that. But um, like, it's not like, I will say this, Like when I see a guy who's trying to rank play calling, uh, my immediate thought is, that's probably a bad idea, and this is probably a, a charlatan. And um, I don't think that is the case. I think it's an honest attempt uh, to to isolate the coach's impact on things. And uh, it, it, I don't think it's perfect. I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I will not be relying on it unless it gets, you know, quite a bit more rigorous. There's betting lines involved in part of that model. But, um, you know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's an, I'm not going to criticize somebody for making up their own metrics for one thing. And second of all, like, it, clearly a lot of work and passion went into it, and it's well thought out. So I'll give you that. But small sample size, as usual, impacts a lot, especially in football.
1: All right, Donald Anderson. Update: The Packers have gone zero games since receiving a personal foul. A personal foul declined is still a personal foul. <laughs> do you have the way to sort out Matt Lafleur's record in the Mountain and Pacific? He seems to just never get his teams ready to play when they stray far from far west from the Mississippi.
2: Uh splits do not are not that cool on reference, but just anecdotally, you're right about that. When they go out west, they struggle, um, and. Um, it's, it's It seems like an issue. I've always kind of chalked it up to you. losing that extra day of install on scheme actually has a pretty big effect on the Packers, um, generally speaking. Uh, under Rodgers, those games tended to turn into, I'll just play shotgun for 50 snaps and I'll pick, pick on weak spots and that'll be fine and it never was. So um, I think anecdotally it's probably true. I uh, can't actually break it down for you, but uh, yeah, they seem to struggle out West. Also not uncommon, like travels hard on everybody and everybody's worse going to a couple time zones over.
1: All right. Steven Kurtz says, should they just come out running the hurry up offense in the first half before they get behind?
2: <laughs> I mean, they should stop doing what they're doing. So kind of, yes, they should
0: definitely be less predictable. Um, Throw an RPO and would be nice once in a while, but yeah. I was gonna say like like this is the the point where we make the like make the whole offense out of the second half offense yes joke um and so but I just had an idea okay so what if <laughs> this Packer team is so deep in their identity of not playing the first half of football games that after week eight they will become good <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: just at a macro level it applies I like it um yeah so it does seem to be so like. Luke Musgrave, no, the other one. Tucker Craft had a quote about their success in adjusting after halftime and that those adjustments do happen, and they've been better for that. And it was very much a let's make the first half out of the whole game kind of thing. Um, But they've done a bad job on picking on weaknesses and uh, doing their – week-long scouting on what they should be doing to open games either that or they're just like we'll do our identity thing and we'll run and just get heavy and blah 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 and uh, that's stupid and if they're doing that they need to stop so i mean short answer is, yeah that's probably smart <laughs> uh, go more up tempo uh, stop pounding aj dylan into the middle of the line pointlessly and ch- don't don't keep doing what you're
1: doing that's all this is not working change it up Scarf twenty one says it seems like so many things are going wrong with this team all at once and at all levels. If you were the Packers patron patron deity with the authority to do whatever it takes to get this team back on track, how would you be, even begin to fix this team?
2: Uh, it is a mess all over, but start with quarterback because that's having a good good one fixes a lot. And uh, that's if you only fix one thing, that's what you got to start with. That there's no other possible answer. Give me a good quarterback, and the team instantly gets a lot better. A lot of other issues fall into place. They'll still be inexperienced to make inexperienced mistakes, but uh, that's that is the that's always going to
0: be the answer in football. I would give him all three But he's talking about like being able to just wave a magic wand and change all the things.
1: Well, sure, but he's talking about where to start because yeah. obviously, if you change all the things, you make this the 2010 Green Bay Packers. Or the 2011 Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I, mean, more like it. That, no, I mean, no, no. Yeah,
0: you I mean, make this the 2014 Green Bay Packers with a different coach. <laughs> hmm.
2: All right. I mean, if I could fix
0: just everything, then that's not
2: a question, you know. So <laughs>
0: I just, I, I think the 2014, 2014 team would dog walk the 2010 team with better coaching. Eh, maybe. But
2: again, you got to fix. You gotta, I assume you have to leave some parts of this team in place
0: for the question's sake, you know. Now change one thing, so you get a new president who wants to make this make a splash, who then changes the whole team. How's that? All right, fair.
1: But anyway, bottom line is it's yeah, quarterback. I, I would bring in alternate jerseys. It's it's time. Hell yeah! Absolutely. That's a great idea, Jr. <laughs> like, what no one joke, thing would you that's, do? It's awesome, <laughs> Richard Proctor. Serious question: How hard is it to get an offensive lineman that is good at pass blocking and run blocking? I always kind of assumed you needed to be competent at both to be a professional lineman. It seems like the whole line has forgotten how to run block. Am I crazy? I saw on back-to-back plays, Rashid Walker completely whiff or bypass his defender as if he got monstarred and completely forgot what his job was. <laughs> I stopped watching after the first quarter. So maybe it kept happening.
0: I just, I, now I just have this vision of Patrick Ewing, not being able to bounce a basketball. And that just makes me so happy.
2: <laughs> it's such a good part. Uh, their, their problems are multifaceted on the offensive line. One is that Rashid Walker is just objectively bad at it at tackle. Uh, one is that Zach Tom, for as good as he has been, generally speaking, is light. He's a small guy. And so they got two problems right there. Uh, Josh Meyer, not a good player. Um,
0: <laughs> did you guys see Jenkins whiff on that? He, is, uh... he was
2: bad on that. He had
0: a bad game. And yeah, boy, did he get blown up on that play. What the hell? Like so, basically, Aaron Jones had like a, I don't know, it was like a a sweep left that got blown up three yards deep, and Elton Jenkins just full on just missed. Like it wasn't even a whiff; it was an air ball. It was bad.
2: Like, it was really bad. Um, so that that's kind of like a lot of it's size, and then a lot of it is just um a coincidence of having a lot of guys where it's not their forte. They draft um they, they draft guys who can pass block, but they shouldn't be this bad. Elton Jenkins is supposed to be pretty good at this (laughs) and JRJ is supposed to be okay at it and he's having a really bad season too some of that does cascade like when Rashid Walker misses a block people have to move off of their blocks to pick up his block and it all kind of runs together Um, but this is a line that's not designed for pass blocking that's lost it's people who are good at both in in Bakhtiari and um, I guess they're one guy but, yeah, you're supposed to be competent at, you know, if you're good at one, you're supposed to be okay at the other one. It's weird that they do have these big splits, and it's, you know, not good for a team that actually wants to run the ball more than average. Um, it, it does It's not well put together. This That's one thing about this Packer team. They're not well put together. Like, they should have a tight end that can block better. They should have... Uh, fewer resources devoted to slot they should have more linemen who are good at both pass blocking and run blocking even if they're a little worse at pass blocking and they got none of that um it's uh it's not a good not a good job putting this thing together we should bring the front office into this a little bit like if you're going to have this scheme you need to put different players into it to make it work effectively
1: uh, Richard Proctor also says request since we now have to care about college quarterbacks again, yeah. Paul, what quarterback stats should I care about? I'm assuming not counting stats of any kind, but should I care about a dot and EPA and CPOE? You uh, don't have to explain what those are, but <laughs> which ones should I care about? You should
0: care <laughs> no, about Q
2: You actually should <laughs> care about Q <Q-ops>. Um <laughs> If you can get EPA, I mean, Godspeed and bless you. And uh, it's probably, maybe it's out there and you have to pay for it, but I can never find it. So um, that's a good one. And that's, even that's going to be a little flawed in college, but the completion percentage is just a good starting place. Like if you're bad at that, you're probably not going to be a good NFL quarterback. Um, uh, Completion percentage plus throwing the ball down the field is better. And then you really do have to look at strength of schedule, too. Like, um, if you, I know a lot of people are high on J.J. McCarthy right now, Michigan's quarterback. Um, decide that, that he might be stealing signs. But also, besides that, Michigan has played one of the worst schedules in college football. Their strength of schedule is 117th. And a Big Ten uh, quarterback behind just an elite offensive line with good receivers Is going to tear up the 117th hardest schedule in college football. It gets harder later on, but that does matter a lot. That's kind of the Zach Wilson rule. um, If it's why people were fooled because he did have the typical metrics that uh, you look for in a professional quarterback, and he just was against nobody. You know, and and...
0: well, yeah, and it also it turns out all of his offensive linemen were 26 years old and like literally beating up children. Yeah, also
2: that. So it it really like kibobs is simple, but it, it works really well. CPO if you can get it is also fine, and uh, it usually PFF does publish that, which is just completion percentage over expected. Uh, you got to be a little careful with it because you you can kind of spam it if you're a checkdown artist a little bit, um, but really just high completion percentage plus um, high um, yards per catch. A dot there, if A dot as a component there is fine, but not by itself. And then you do need a guy who has a, at least a 45 to 50-grade arm. And that's honestly one of the hardest things to tell. Arm scouting on college quarterbacks is awful. It is terrible. Go Just in, go Google Michael Penix Jr. arm strength right now. You will get scouts that say it's one of the worst in football. You'll get guys describing it as elite. Um, and the combine throwing drills don't tell you much of anything. So um, it, you got to just watch how hard they throw in games and kind of do your best to figure out if it's good or not. And that's as far as it goes. But uh, I'll tell you a study done by football outsiders like 20 years ago. Now um, completion percentage is like the single best predictor. Um, and you got to make some adjustments for, you know, if, do you have all-star wide receivers, is your, are the defenses you face bad, are you throwing it down the field or not, all those are like sub-factors. But if all those are there, those guys are almost always good. And if you don't have a high completion percentage, like Jordan Love, you're almost never any good. And the only real exception to that is Josh Allen. Uh, if you're hunting unicorns and want to go for another Josh Allen, fine, but it
1: is not a winner's game. Bryce Rosen says I don't understand the fascination with the red zone fade route. Same. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I don't think it works <laughs> I don't think it's worked once this season and the sample size is larger. Should they scrap this play? And if I'm allowed a sub question, Collective Soul and Fuel are playing a free show here in 2 weeks. Is this a JR approved 90s bill? <laughs> okay, let's start with the latter question. <laughs> It's it's hundred percent approved. I have seen both acts technically in the past year. In the case of Fuel, it was merely former lead singer Brett Scallions playing, oddly enough, with the band Sponge, another '90s staple. Rare uh, they were playing a wonder. free concert. They were playing a free concert next to the bakery down the street from my house. It's it was an actual thing that happened. <laughs> I had a great time. It was probably my favorite concert going experience. I also saw Collective Soul at Summerfest. I did not think they were good. The review in our very newspaper indicated otherwise. I was a little confused, but I am a fan of the band. I'm a fan of Ed Roland. Don't know if they, you know, have their fastball anymore, but uh I am uh I a hundred percent give my stamp of approval to that nineties that nineties yep. bill right
0: there. So your your description of fuel reminds me of when I saw another animal open for Alter Bridge. You ever heard of another Very animal?
1: Good. No. I have. Huh. I have actually yes.
0: So they are they are the the musicians from the band Godsmack. And the lead singer from Ugly Kid Joe.
1: Oh wow! Yes, yes. How's, and how's Ug- that for a combo? <laughs> Ugly Kid Joe with an incredible version of "Cats in the Cradle," that I feel like was really underrated in its moment. <laughs> uh, they had their big song was "I Hate Everything About You," which is which is not good. No, before before Three Days that Grace song. had a song called "I Hate Everything About You," terrible song. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes, the guitarist for Godsmack is very highly regarded as a as a musician, and I, I always found that puzzling because like they're up there singing songs like crying like a bitch. And, and you've got this guitarist playing this incredible stuff, but then also like singing along to these God awful lyrics. I mean, and, but that is, that is, is okay, why my Lord,
0: that is why Alter Bridge is awesome because yes. Creed was full of very good musicians and Scott Stapp. Yes. And so they kicked out Scott Stapp and they went and got Miles Kennedy and they made Who a good band. Who can wail. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Who can absolutely wail. Yes. And, uh, Alter Bridge Mark songwriting, Germani, not elite, but still everything else. Great.
0: Yeah, Mark Tremonti uh, has his own signature Paul Reed Smith guitar, and PRS's don't pick bad signature musicians. So, yeah. Just... yeah. By the way, that, uh,
2: that bakery is the Bridesmaids Bakery, correct?
1: For me, the yeah. one down my house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Rocket Baby. Yeah, is the name of it
2: isn't. is that? I think that I'm pretty sure it's the Bridesmaids Bakery.
1: <laughs> What does that mean, bridesmaids bakery? So like to, the, to bring like this back around, to bring this
2: back around to chick flicks and and to, to the movie Bridesmaids, which is set <laughs> between Chicago and Milwaukee, uh, I, yeah. I'm fairly sure, the main character owns a, a bank a bakery that has gone bankrupt, and they walk by it several times, and I'm 99 percent sure it's that bakery that is the. Stand. No, I don't
1: believe they did any principal filming for that in, in Milwaukee. They had overhead shots. I don't believe anything was shot in Milwaukee.
0: I, okay. I'm
1: gonna I know get... it was set in Milwaukee. Yes, yes. I know that, yes. But yeah, I, but gonna... I don't believe there was any filming okay, okay. that took place here. Well,
0: when we were dating, my, my wife lived next to the pizza place from thirty minutes or less. So there
1: you go. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh what was his uh, other at, question? I mean, the former question is red oh, zone yeah. fade yeah. route.
0: We actually we did have a game winner red zone fade route this year. We did. But it's
2: uh it is historically it's, it's in... against
0: Isaac Gotham. That's the <laughs> It was, it was picking
2: on Isaac Yadam. I mean, it took three three throws to get it, right? That was the back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. It's really it,
0: funny. Well, what's really funny about the red zone fade route is uh, the NFL numbers on the red zone fade route are, it's like 30% successful. Um, and the reason it became into vogue was because Megatron was like 65% successful. You know, because he's the most physically imposing wide receiver to ever yeah. play the game. And, and everyone's like, oh, we should try that. And it's like, well, you don't have Megatron. so Yes, all true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's dumb. And and it's the yes, line's fault. stop it.
1: Stop it. Uh we've got a lot of questions left, so I'm gonna try to move a little more swiftly. Ryan Ziegler, the OODA loop in human performance was first identified by colonel john boyd in world war ii with the four steps being observe orient decide and act as you break the loop you have a tactical advantage against your opponent it feels as if this is a problem for matt and he appears to break his loop between orientation and deciding leading to the act phase being poorly implemented such as safe plays to gain down and distance or hucking it deep or not being applied at all stopping the toss play to the flats your thoughts
0: (laughs) this dude seriously just hit us with a he just hit us with a talk about question where he was the one ex- doing the explanation.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, a lot of World War Two, some theory, some some military theory. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I got lost halfway through the question. I, I was thinking yeah. about the fuel song that's in my head. I'm I mean, write.
2: I think generally speaking, their project planning seems to be lacking a bit in uh, and there's an execution element to there, and there is definitely a planning element there. There seems to be a lack of faith in the plan by some people. So, I mean, yeah, however you want to describe that, I think that's pretty right.
0: I'm sorry, Paul, you are just this side of corporate speak. It was a corporate big <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, no, but you got to be like, you, they really need to leverage their synergies.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Our question askers are really good. Yeah. They're, they're having some fun. I appreciate that. Uh JD, if Aaron Jones is not healthy enough to play more snaps than 23, should they even bother playing him? Just sit him until he can play the majority? Sub question, with all the run, run, pass, punt in the first halves lately, I feel like I am in a time warp to my early days of Packers fandom watching Lindy Infantes' offense. Why does Matt LaFleur suck now?
2: Uh it's it's all the rich tapestry. He he sucks because he's limited by his personnel, but he also is not creative enough to figure out how to work with his personnel. So uh yeah, it's poor it's painful to watch the the old 80s offense. It it really is. And Aaron Jones has been playing fewer snaps than AJ Dillon for quite a while now. Um they definitely save him for like random big plays and to have him out there as a receiver sometimes and um so it's hard to say yes to that question, but if you can't go like at least 50-50, what are you doing? They 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 have Dillon out there way too much. And I know they value his pass blocking, which ugh, but uh, yeah, Aaron Jones is not playing nearly enough for who, for the guy who is clearly the best player on the
0: offense. Like, um, it's it's pretty silly if you're trying to win. Well, so, like, what was the stat that was going around? It was like he's played in 88 games or something, and he's had 20 touches in 17 of them.
2: Yeah, that's it. And he gets hurt a lot, you know. It like it's not but like also
0: he's he's going to be the youngest 30 year old back in the history of the NFL. He is. He's gonna. I mean, they're they're doing.
2: You know, damage control on his usage. At some point, you got to run the guy into the ground, man.
0: They're saving him for the playoffs.
1: (laughs) Evan Weston says I understand this is always going to be an evaluation year, but the evaluation looks worse and worse each week. With it becoming clear that Jordan Love is not the guy, and with the increasing questions about Matt Lafleur's ability to do the job, does replacing Brian Gutekunst and the front office merit some consideration? They built this roster and have missed on about four times as many top 100 picks as they've hit on, per the analysis from Andy Herman on Twitter. Yes. I mean,
2: everybody should be on the table when you have... Well, the front office is responsible for the cap situation, and that didn't involve keeping Aaron. That trade off was probably worth it, um, but they have missed on a lot of cheap talent infusion. Their drafts have not been routinely good lately, and um, they should definitely do a hard look at their processes and people there. Yeah, they definitely bear some responsibility here, uh, 100%. That I don't know. I don't know how, how else to say that. Um, when... Everything under the front office is going wrong. The front office is also going wrong.
1: Archduke Asilatam, or Dark Paul, I can't decide, says, realizing there are many areas that are terrible on this team, but that has Jordan Love given us any reason to believe he does not belong in the lower pantheon of Packer quarterbacks? Like Rich Campbell, David Whitehurst, and Randy, my helmet doesn't fit right. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> okay, sorry. Also, I'm distracted by
0: the fact that his name is Metallica backwards, and we're trying to remember what that's, that's true. From. Yeah. What's, it, what's that from? Hmm. I don't know. It's like a reference to something. Anyway, sorry. Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, until he can hit a throw that's not the middle of the field, 15 yards down it, yes, he's one of the bad quarterbacks. That is where he belongs. Uh, all of his comps so far are all bad quarterbacks. He's very much like Brett Huntley. Um, it's it's not good.
1: I knew Brett Huntley's name was going to get called. Would you take Matt Flynn or Jordan Love? Uh, Like Matt Flynn of a few years uh, ago, not uh, Matt Flynn today. Am I trying
2: to tank for a better quarterback, or am I trying to
0: win a game? Are are we talking (laughs) pre pre tendonitis, Matt Flynn? Sure, yes, but I still think it's probably Jordan Love. I'll even take dead arm Matt Flynn. Well, if
2: I got to win a game and I got to pick one of the two of them, I'll take Matt Flynn. Like he is accurate, and I can work with that guy. Put Matt Flynn in like the Shanny offense, and he's probably fine. He's pretty much just Brock Purdy. That's totally a fine thing to do. Yeah. I know how to also, stop Jordan love right now.
0: So I'm not all down Matt for Flynn that. does. All Matt Flynn does is win championships. He has a chance ne- at every level.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, is this next name when I read it, is it going to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to read it in my brain. I think if you say it correctly and name, fast man. enough, you'll be okay. All right. John S Penske. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to add a, my own my own uh, pronunciation there. I can't get my head off, I can't get my head around all the things that w- went wrong with this team. So I'll start with trying to better understand the off- offensive line play. Individual inconsistency is certainly a problem with left tackle, center, right guard and even left guard according to social media uh, OL film guy <laughs> sorry, according to social media uh, OL film guy evaluating guys and things like PFF gives failure rate but these don't necessarily indicate whether a play failed because of the individual failure or a cascading failure caused by someone else on the line, trying to compensate for someone failing nearby. Is there a metric or a heat map to evaluate individual versus cooperative failure in the offensive line play that way? Is there a metric that says everyone in the line did well and the play was successful to compare it ra- rates for, OL between teams and then permutations of one failure, two failures, etc. What is the best way to evaluate? I think what he's just asking straight up is because we've talked about this before. Offensive line play is such a, unit situation yeah. is there some way to separate okay this guy screwed up versus you know it's hard to say because like he said there's cascading failures. sometimes the left guard is the guy who gets burned because he has to make up for what the tackle did wrong
2: yeah i'll just tell you all right offensive line statistics are pretty rough there's probably good ones behind the next gen stats wall that we can't see but like things like pass block and uh win rate and run block win rate have a lot of disagreements with eye test and with PFF grading and PFF grading is its own problematic thing. And it's honestly hard to know what to trust unless you're just an offensive line expert, which I'm not. And uh, nobody else here is. I would venture to say, sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> maybe I, I would
0: never say I'm an offensive line. I don't expert. know
2: more, more than I am. Um, it, it's. Uh, it is a very difficult position to judge because those responsibilities are so hard to tell from the outside. Uh, it, it's very, very diff- difficult to do so reliably and doing so for every play is like a full time job. And so um, there's not like a good heat map source out there. At least that I, if anybody knows one, please tell me I would love to have it. Um, but the, the things that are publicly available, like win rates uh, are, I would say not to be trusted. So um, it's, you could just count on the fact that it is correct that one guy's failure does disrupt the whole line. The one thing we know at a macro level is that one of the best predictors for offensive line success from year to year is continuity from the previous year. Injuries do a huge number on offensive line productivity as a whole, Uh, transition from one player to a new player, even if that player is uh, a good player also usually does a number on offensive line play for at least a while at the start of a season. So you can count on failures cascading a lot on the line, and you can count on any individual doing poorly, basically wrecking the whole thing.
1: Patrick Detmer says, since the likelihood that the Packers miss the playoffs is high, it's almost certain they'll be featured on Hard Knocks next year. Given that the Packers lose their minds whenever fans film practice during training camp, they can't be too (laughs) thrilled about this. However, they still do have an out if they have a first-year head coach. Last week, you all said Lafleur was safe for another year, but do you think that at least someone at twelve sixty-five Lombardi has had the conversation of changing head coaches at the end of the year so the organization can keep an iron grip over the filming of their team activities? I love, I love this conspiracy. I mean, theory. It's like, I, I love here's it. the
0: thing: I hate conspiracy theories that make sense. Like, like this is this is one of the most logical conspiracies i've ever heard it's not because, good for Lafleur. i'll say that like oh, <laughs> if anybody's on the
2: fence and they don't want the sideshow in green bay like, no, they, they so, just like, like oh, let's just do it now <laughs> let's avoid this but if we
0: if we fast forward to january and like we find out that the packers are in contention for uh for being on hard knocks and then let you me find stop you right of-
1: there first of all let me stop you right there if they don't make the playoffs and Matt Lafleur is still the coach, they will be featured yeah, on Hard Knocks. Absolutely, not, no not if he's fired.
0: Not if he's fired at the end of the, the season. Well, no, well, yeah, no I agree. I agree. Whole, I'm just yeah. saying,
1: like, they are going to be on Hard Knocks if they don't make the playoffs. There is yeah. no, there's no Plan B here.
0: That's correct. Yes, and and so like, legitimately, it's like they don't make the playoffs. Oh man, they could make Hard Knocks, and then it's like Lafleur bye, and then Murphy retires. Like, absolutely, hundred percent. That's that's what. Oh,
1: that is the cause.
0: That's so good, Patrick. Seriously.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Matt LaFleur should be very concerned. The hard knocks conspiracy. Um, they do need to lighten up. I mean, I get that. I get that every vantage is important, but like, come on, lighten up. It's ridiculous. Up, yeah. Old man on a bike in Shirlington. I'm just an old man on a bike who started the season with high hopes. Those hopes have now been crushed, as it seems love is not good at football. Is there any hope for love, or can we now close the book on this chapter and refocus our attention on Major League Pickleball while we await the draft?
2: If love improves his accuracy at this point in time as a 25-year-old, it would essentially be unprecedented in the history of the NFL. So, Oh, man. He, he could... He can maybe be good in a different way if they start hitting bombs down the field. But, yeah, you've all seen him throw a bomb. You think that's getting a lot better? Because I sure don't. So, um, I I don't think there's a lot of hope for him. I would bet heavily against him ever being a top 15 quarterback. And I suspect that he'll be one of the worst quarterbacks consistently as long as he's allowed to play. So, yeah, not a lot of hope on on this end here.
0: Well, like the 80 sensation Roxette once said. It must have been love
1: but it's, it's over over now, for now. <laughs> that's deep Matub. thank you uh yeah i believe they also said she's got the look for whatever that's worth um what was the other big hit rock set they uh, had another again. one uh oh, joyride come this. for the joyride that's what it was uh mattingly Cyburns. i've come to the conclusion that the 2023 green bay packers are a bad marriage between a coaching staff that cannot teach execution effectively and a front office that only drafts Uber athletes and doesn't seem to value players who have shown the instincts or technique needed to be consistent playmakers. Given this broken draft and developed system, over under 1.5 of the following have their current job by week 12 of 2024, <laughs> Goody, LaFleur, and Love. Uh, I think
2: Love they're, they're checked out in by then. I think they're evaluating other options by then. Even if they don't get a top one of the top two this year, like they'll they'll almost certainly take a quarterback, and they'll probably still have Clifford around. So they'll be twenty twenty four. They'll probably still be bad, and week twelve they'll probably be trying guys out. Um, if they're still bad, I suspect Lafleur is gone too. Uh, Goody had slightly less chance of being gone, but um, uh, I'll say two of them. So I'll take the over. Yeah,
0: I just I literally mentioned Sean Clifford earlier in this podcast, and still forgot he was a quarterback on the roster. <laughs>
2: It's he's just uh, like I don't even object to them having him because they needed a backup, but he's just not uh, he's not an NFL quarterback. Sean
0: Clifford is is as old as me and probably throws the ball as hard as I do.
1: That's correct. Yes. It's in the face of Kareem Jackson, though. You love to see it. Cheese Caber. says, what happened to our offensive line? I thought they were looking like one of the best lines in the league preseason. I know left tackles is an important position on the line and with Ba- with Bakhtiari out, we're going to be at a disadvantage. But who would you guys start at left tackle if it was up to you? What would your starting line look like? Uh, I know we, we
2: get ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but it, it is weird that Yash Naiman is persona non grata because he's probably part of the best line they can put out there. And part of this is just, aside from Bakhtiari, who is at least, uh, you know, we all thought is this injury is weird and I'm not surprised he's out, The Elton Jenkins collapse has been a big problem. Uh, If they could have just slotted him into left tackle like a lot of people thought they would, and he just provided average protection, this wouldn't be that big of a deal. But his crashing has been rough. Um, And then whatever they think they see in Rasheed Walker, um, I don't. uh, And that's where I would start. I would take him out. And... um, it, it's hard though like with Elton not playing well I don't know what you do maybe I stick him at center and see if he can get himself back to normal by playing some center which he did in college um I still like running in at guard I think he can be fine there Tom's good like th- th- that's the one you can actually count on um but uh, uh Royce is I mean p- part of the problem with Royce is that's where you start to run into issues that's where you hit your depth and there's not like a guy there to come in there you uh, we, we banty about Sean Ryan coming in once in a while, but, like, that guy sucks, too. So um, <laughs> that other guard problem is the big one where I
1: don't really know what to do there. Uh, Case Time 7 says, The Green 19 pod reported AJ Dillon saying he's not hitting the panic button yet. Tom Silverstein then <laughs> mentioned he doesn't know what panic button there is to hit. I'm afraid Spoon nailed it. I have two teenage daughters, so I know what a panic button looks like and feel like, and I feel like I hit it all, hit it all the time. Between injuries, weak game plans, and misassignments, the front office must not know what they've got, much less what they do about lousy play. If there was a panic button here, what does reporting as eligible think happens when one hits it?
2: Just all laterals all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be awesome. What if
0: we built the offense on hook and ladder? <laughs> That's
2: right. That's it. There was a good hook and ladder uh, yeah. in the uh, Wisconsin game, I, sh- I feel like we should mention. Uh,
1: Yeah, against them. Against them, right? Yes. And against a them. of means of nearly allowing Illinois to steal that game right back. Yeah, yep. Very good job, Illinois. Stuff.
2: Well executed. Well done.
1: Yep. Didn't end in a touchdown, sad. Dutch Boy 5, so everyone is asking <laughs> the same question I have. Is the problem Matt LaFleur uh, or Jordan Love? So I have to ask something different. What say you? Cheese curds or mozzarella sticks? Not sub-question. Is Watson a bust pick?
0: Uh, not oh, yet. Cheese, I mean, but... cheese curds with a bullet, like.
1: I'm a mozzarella sticks guy. Um, I, I will like say, I've I've overdone it with cheese curds in Wisconsin. I'm yeah, that's
2: fair. I do think uh, there's a lot of variance that comes into this question. So I'll go generally cheese curds if they're beer battered. Both are worse if they're breaded. Uh, the Saz's mozzarella sticks are just perfect. Um, and that's probably what oh, I go my with. God, they else. are wonderful. Yeah. They're and
0: wonderful. so, so for me, I I understand the apprehension, like. Like, a bad mozzarella stick is better than a bad cheese curd. I disagree with that. You don't think so,
2: No, yeah. I'd rather have a bad cheese. I mean, I'd rather have a good thing. But um, bad mozzarella stick is just a lot of bad. You know, it's a big hunk of bad cheese curd. You're over with it right away. You can move on to the next thing.
0: Wait, I I guess I should. I have never had, like, what I would consider a straight-up bad mozzarella stick because they're always. They're from Gordon's Food Services, and you either cook them correctly or you don't.
2: Man, there's a lot of bad mozzarella sticks out there. <laughs> That's uh, true.
1: Is Watson a bust? Yes. Uh, I I don't think so. I yet. think it's
2: too early for bust. Like we saw them get production out of him. Was, I think you need some creativity there, and maybe n- realize his limitations and use him for what he is. Um, it's does he have a carry this year? Like <laughs> uh, um, I think he has.
0: He has, doesn't he have he doesn't have a touchdown, but I think he has a carry.
2: Okay. I feel like not, not enough of that is going on. Like they, they seem to use other people on jet sweeps and just try to use him as a normal receiver. And that's just not a good way to use him. They need to adjust their thinking on this, and it's hurting them. So let's see. Where's Christian? He has one carry for negative five yards.
1: That is the extent of his running on the air. Danish Cheesehead says, Can you please rank the following three statements from most to least ludicrous and discuss why? A, the offensive line is good. The bad run blocking doesn't matter. Just go empty as running is inefficient anyways. (laughs) B, next year draft some new rookie wide receivers who can actually run correct routes and catch in traffic. C, Kyle Shanahan would have made the Packers a 12-5 and team. D, if Brock Purdy had started instead of Love, Packers would by now have a winning record. Those are
2: all ludicrous. Um, (laughs) Yes. So they don't have the personnel to run the Shanahan offense. That starts up front. They can't run block. They can't power block. They like light offensive linemen, which is not how that team operates. Uh, Brock Purdy is just a guy, and he, without the Shanahan offense, he will not be successful. Um, rookie running back or rookie wide receivers. That's B is probably the least ludicrous, I think. Um, you don't want to fix the problem with young receivers with other young receivers, but I don't feel like this is a great group of young receivers. So maybe, and the O line is garbage, and you can't just go empty all the time. Like, that's the
0: thing. Well, no, but here's the thing, though. So, like, A might fix some problems because you have air raid wide receivers so just run an nfl air raid I
2: guess. okay fair that is fair your offensive line is actually set up to run air raid better than anything else is yeah okay okay I, I, you have sold me a little bit on there like watson as an air raid receiver probably works a lot better than whatever this is dobbs obviously does and uh space underneath for reed also probably does so yeah that on board with it even though it is kind of crazy uh, it's it's
0: ludicrous and absolutely wouldn't work but it actually might
2: be the best option <laughs> it would be more entertaining that's for damn sure
1: Laley joel osmond says given the current roster and assuming all players are healthy which completely different offensive and defensive schemes would you run to make the team look marginally competent <laughs> I feel like oh, we just did that the one air raid in yeah.
2: tampa two. air raid tampa two. i think is the correct answer i think that's right um with quay uh, in tampa two. Um, I think that's fine. I mean, they have no safety, so they can't really run anything super competently, but that's a good way to start. Um, and yeah, the air raid, this is like kind of a built like an air raid team that's running the Shanahan offense, which is maybe the most concise way that Matt's come up with to, to say how dysfunctional it
1: is. All right, you're either a smart fella or a fart smeller. Yeah. The Packers losing versus Denver. You finally Denver. got it, man. You did like, it last week. Try. I got Two it in last Euro. week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a little
0: stumbling. I just, this is your best one.
1: The Packers losing versus Denver right after Las Vegas has me imagining a scenario in which the team ends up bottoming out this year in a way that might suggest the need to clean house. Despite that, I gather the feeling that Packers fans should probably prepare themselves to pump the brakes and only expect significant change After Mark Murphy leaves in 2025. Is my instinct here correct? Or do you think he'd ever decide to burn it down and hire a new coach or GM shortly before a new president would have the chance to make that decision? Frankly, there are too many things that could potentially go wrong with this team to really point out any single change that would surely improve things beyond clawing back cap space and getting a better defensive coordinator. Even considering a relatively smaller decision like drafting a new quarterback, if it became apparent Love wasn't the guy, Would they be willing to give Goody another chance at a quarterback selection after whiffing on love, which, as we all recall, was a bold and optically bad decision at the time? Okay, so
0: what are the odds that your retiring president makes a Hail Mary play to have a legacy cementing season? Fairly high, fairly high, fairly high, exactly. (laughs) So I, I, I think that the discussion about Murphy retiring is actually more important than everyone's kind of letting on. So I really do think that Murphy attempting some kind of legacy securing change is a possibility, and we do see a complete total shakeup. Yeah. The quarterback thing only becomes an issue if you're not getting one of the top guys in the
2: draft. Like, if you're drafting one and you got to pick between the two big dogs, scouting matters. If you have the number two, then you just get the guy that's left over. Uh, I mean, um, the thing with Love was, like, it was a speculative pick that they spent a lot of money on. Um, and that's probably not going to be the... I mean, the Colts have made a, a living out of having dumb people just have the number one pick in the draft and getting Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Um, that's worked out very well for them over
0: time. That's kind of the... Oh, end. and and also not John Elway.
2: And also not John Elway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they almost had John Elway too. That's also true. So um, I, I don't think you really worry too much about that unless you've got to go do some work to get your next quarterback. Um, but yeah, no big deal there. But yeah, I, I think... Um, when you're on the way out, you can either step aside gracefully, but that's not how a lot of executives work. And a lot of them want to be the guy that drafted X or the guy who traded for Brett Favre or, for, you know,
0: something like that. So, yeah. The guy who right, I traded away Ty Detmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're done with uh, Patreon Patreon questions. Uh a couple, couple from Blue Sky. I'll read this one. Uh, it's easy to say there's a pe- pretty pessimistic outlook for this team after the last two games. Is there anything to be optimistic about right now? This is from uh, jayco Lantern. <laughs> yeah, nice. The
0: season is more than a third over.
2: Um, I mean, they are in... Decent position to get a pretty good draft pick That's the, kind of the opposite of optimistic But it's true I, Anders Carlson, uh, even though he missed a kick Has actually been pretty good That's, that's not a bad one Oh god, the kicker
1: <laughs> uh,
0: The NFL season will likely end Before the heat death of the universe
2: Yeah, I I mean, it's like they've had no good performances. Russell Douglas has actually been pretty good this year. He won't be on the team much longer. Rashawn Gary has been good. I don't think he'll be on the team much longer either. (laughs) Um, Hmm. So, that Quay, he's been pretty good. There's not nothing, there's some good individual performances, but yeesh. It's not not a lot. You have to listen
1: to us every week. Yeah. We we come around on on Wednesday mornings. Yeah. (laughs) Um, this one I think we've kind of addressed. Yeah. So uh, this last one's from Twitter. It doesn't actually. Oh, say I'm who's sorry. Saying That's Crow Packero. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hi, guys. Two short questions. One: Did the departure of Hackett and promotion of Stenovic ruin our offense as a whole and our offensive, offensive line play specifically? And number two: do you, do you have any inside info why Nyman is in the doghouse?
2: The Nyman thing's weird. Uh, I, I got nothing there other than he must not practice very well. Like, yeah.
1: He's-
0: to me, it's just Devontae Wyatt on offense.
2: Yeah, that's what he seems like, is Devontae Wyatt on offense. Uh, if you're a Brewers fan, he's Brian Anderson. That's your comp there. And uh, we we'll, won't will find out until he's on a different team and can talk freely about it. But it's weird because I don't think he's worse than everybody
1: else on the line is. Oh, Also,
0: speaking of Brewer fans, it looks like the Diamondbacks are advancing. All right. That's true, yes. They the recorded the final out a little bit ago. Amazing. The streak
1: lives every team to face the Brewers and beat them in the postseason advance to the world series
2: and pretty weird and yeah we may hang have, the banner yeah and we and may the have some, we may have some brain drain and peter principle affecting the team too that is entirely possible like instead of oh, peter yeah. peter principle you don't know the peter principle no that eventually uh, the peter principle is that eventually uh any corporate employee will be promoted to the level of incompetence that's oh, the peter principle. okay okay i got it why is it called the peter principle a guy named peter invented it i'm assuming that's why Peter's name in office. That's why Office Space Peter is named Peter. He's oh, he's named after the Peter Principle and a monkey. He's Peter Gibbons. That's
0: okay. Yeah. That's, uh, well done. Yeah. So I I've worked in places that follow the Peter Principle, and that was exactly what happened. Yeah, it's very and common. <laughs> and and I've worked in places where people were allowed to uh, turn down promotions like hey you are a best engineer you should be an engineering manager and he goes hi i have severe autism and should not lead a group and then they're like okay you can keep being an engineer and then it was great everything was good mm. yeah people should do what they're best at and if they want to be managers that's fine and they're
2: trained for it and if they don't then you know they should do the job they're good at it's a good good way of running
1: things so I think we're
2: done. That's uh, it. Yeah, we're, we're done with we're questions. Done. We're done Thank with the questions. Lord. Thank the Lord indeed. Thanks for all the questions. A lot of good ones. As you all did. the
1: different ways we can say that this team is not it. Why, are it, this, yeah. why
2: is this team bad from this angle? Uh, it is. Uh, uh, the Peter
1: Principle is they, actually
0: I, named after the author who wrote the book about it. Oh, there you go. Named after a guy Lawrence, named Peter. Lawrence J. Peter wrote a book about yeah. it
1: uh yeah i thought i think i think the questions are so good because there were a couple that were kind of in the same lane but for the most part everyone yeah. had a new fresh way to look at how bad things are it's re- really great also they were and I, like, i'm we not even have, kidding it was really...
0: we usually have so many questions that just like repeat themselves and these are I know, all that's what i'm
1: saying oh
0: so good I- i'm having a good week
1: <laughs> it's a good community we, lo- we love we love our listeners very nice very good very good stuff indeed um and we're all sad yeah. together
0: Uh, By the way,
2: in office space, uh, his next door neighbor, who's played played by Diedrich Bader, is named Lawrence. So he is also named after the Peter Principal author. That would be both of his names. Um, Way to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, So let's get out of here. JR, anything good?
1: Chicks at the same time, man. Um, (laughs) I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that actor i forget i forget what the prompt was but I, it was something to the effect of what's one thing that you'll be remembered for and he just posted a picture of lawrence looking befuddled sitting in that in that recliner and it's just like it is a blessing and a curse to be known for that specific line of dialogue also,
0: but also like he is one of the best voice actors of a
1: generation i know people he is ignore that completely underrated yes, batman know him from the very good Carey show and that's it yep he's yep. the
0: second best batman after kevin conroy
1: um. What is up for me? Uh, well, had had a, a lot to write about with this Badgers game. There was a fat man touchdown that decided the outcome. Heck yeah! Uh, in the Badgers versus Illinois game on Saturday, that guy I wrote reported about that. as
2: eligible to to great effect
1: he absolutely reported as eligible uh i feel fat guy touchdowns is essentially the thing i'm put on this earth to write about and so of course i did (laughs) a lot of packers connections in that story uh and in the process of researching it i do not remember the 70 yard touchdown that gabe wilkins had in 1997 it was against the tampa bay buccaneers this is the super bowl packers uh in the midst of a second year that there is going to end in the super bowl and uh i forget the quarterback I should remember I don't know but he threw it he threw it right to Gabe Wilkins a defensive lineman big fella who then proceeded to oh it's Trent Dilfer hurdled that sounds about Trent Dilfer I mean just like skied over Trent Dilfer and then burled down the field for a 70 yard touchdown just a, a remarkable piece of filmed footage and uh A reminder that these dudes are like. As much as I love big guys because they're relatable, I'm a big guy. They're big guys, but no, no, no. These big guys are tremendous athletes. Oh yeah, who are like top top uh, one percent. You you are like
0: you're like two sentences away from this being a Bill Brasky joke.
1: Uh okay. What is Bill Brasky the
0: the the SNL skit? No. I like vaguely Bill Brasky. Big fella goes about six seven four eighty. Once punched Uh, the priest at my wedding. Like.
1: Um, anyway, wrote about that. Wrote about the uh, the fair catch that Aaron Rodgers was complaining about on Pat McAfee, the uh, Minnesota Iowa game. Iowa had what looked like a go ahead punt return in the final minute, minute 21. Uh, he was ruled to have an invalid fair catch signal. This has come up before. Oh, yeah, in college football. It that burned Wisconsin in 2015. So I wrote about that. This one, this one against Minnesota. Uh, or iowa i should say kept iowa from winning the game is going to have big implications for the badgers going forward in the standings so uh that was a fun thing to write about as well a lot of people angry about that one and uh that's uh yeah a lot of of badgers since the packers are bad we're uh, we're focusing on college football now
0: sounds good to me matt anything uh yeah i'm going to be writing stuff for Acme packing company again this week all right i don't know what it is yet but i'll be writing it. nice keep an eye out for that
2: uh, as for me, my shepherd column recapping that nonsense is up and looking forward to what the Packers should do going forward. Uh, go read that. Uh, I'll have something for APC later this week. And if you didn't see the first episode of Not See or Listen to, you can do both. Uh, unpackually, go check that out too. We ran a little game show, we had excellent. Contestants between Andy Herman, uh, Paul Brattle, and Justice Mosqueda. Uh, go check it out. I won't tell you who won, but it was a close match that came down to the very end. So um, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week after the Vikings game, whatever happens there. Uh, I guess uh, the Vikings, I think, are looking pretty good and solid and, and competent. However, if, if there's one thing the Vikings are good at, it is losing games that they're supposed to win. So... We'll see. Maybe we'll be back and be all cheery and optimistic next week. Stranger things have happened. Enjoy the game.